0: Hello everyone. And welcome back for another episode of the digest and invest podcast. It's the 18th of May. I'm joined by the main man, Josh Gilbert. Josh, how are you?
1: I'm very good, Sam. Very good. Thank you. How are you?
0: Yeah, good. I mean, it's not long until you're, you're over in in the UK, right?
1: No, exactly that. Yeah. Um, packing my bags at the minute. So yeah, leaving a couple of days, I'll be touching down on, on English soil, uh, come Saturday. So yeah, exciting
0: amazing amazing it's not a short flight is it it's a long one no,
1: that's the only thing i'm not looking forward to that it's 24 hours so um yeah it's a killer there's only so many movies you can watch as well yeah so um i've got a few i have got podcasts got some music i should be able to to get through
0: so uh, so yeah shouldn't be too bad fingers crossed fingers crossed uh podcast today uh we can talk about china talk about china we'll talk about u.s retail sales which are coming out uh, and then we'll get some market predictions in. I think I've, I've, I've got nine for us to go through. Uh, highers or lowers, yes or nos, those kind of things. Uh, then we'll do that. Um, but also, I, I mean, an hour, just over an hour ago, uh, UK inflation was reported. And you've got the beauty of of obviously, you know, being up earlier than I have, essentially, because of the, the time difference. So I'm putting the inflation in your hands. And uh, how how was it received by the markets? And, and what was the... What was the figure i, I imagine it's a, it's a pretty 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 big one
1: well it was actually lower than expectations but mm. still you know crazy high so the expectation uh was 9.1 but the uk inflation reading rose to nine percent uh, highest level in, in 40 years so wow. you know, that's adding yeah yeah it's adding further pressure uh from the government and obviously central bank it's it's not a it's not a strong reading or not a good reading uh, in that sense um, the increase is sort of more than double the pace of the basic basic wage growth. Um, so that's obviously squeezing sort of consumer spending power uh, and that's going to be at the sharpest pace we've seen in record. Um, and then, you know, it's not going to probably ease at this point. Uh, the Bank of England are predicting a double digit inflation reading by October. Um, so that's obviously, again, not going to be uh, you know a great time for, for any sort of US, uh, UK sort of citizen in that sense. Um, The cost of living crisis has already amplified the sort of that political um, sort of debate that's happening. Um, You know, the the jump in inflation highlights the difficulty of balancing, um, you know, what the UK are having to deal with right now, which is raising interest rates to in inflation at a time when the risk of a recession is is mounting. We know the Bank of England have already discussed that. Um, With the government sort of raising taxes as well, it also uh, piles pressure on um the chancellor uh, rishi shunak you know sort of bringing forward measures to help more people so it's really difficult um and uh, yeah again we could see that 10 percent reading and, and it's 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 not a great time to, to 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 be in the uk at the moment unfortunately
0: no well and you're coming back in a couple of days only for three weeks only for yeah. three weeks I can, yeah you'll, you'll no, go no, back
1: no, yeah it cost me a fortune to buy yeah, anything say, at time.
0: You, you'll go back skin uh, it's not one of the mm-hmm. questions but i probably should have put in Will the 10% reading for inflation come before or after October? Uh, and if the Bank of England are, are to be trusted on anything, which they're not at the moment, you'd imagine it actually be before what they'd say. Uh, markets have, have been battered recently, but on, on Tuesday morning, yesterday, they actually had a, a pretty good start to the day and, on the front foot. And analysts were sort of putting that down to reports from Shanghai that there was no new COVID cases in the Shanghai quarantine zone which was obviously deemed to be a positive and there was also I think reports that um Beijing could be about to ease its regulatory crackdown on big tech which of course drove a lot of you know uh, stocks lower last year uh, I guess my question to you really sort of following on from that is this big enough news for us to push on whether that be for Chinese markets or global markets you know what are your your sort of thoughts on on the on China at the moment
1: yeah, I guess in terms of the the big enough news side of things, it's you know it's been hit pretty hard. It's, it's had a lot sort of thrown at it. I guess very similar to to sort of U.S. markets. You're sort of feeling okay. This is you know the the, the there's going to be less bad news, and you know uh, the good news is is uh, is coming you know a bit quicker in this um, sense. But we still are getting a bit of bad news as well. But the outlook uh is certainly improving um you know which is as i say with some positivity which is ultimately needed but um of course this is not just a region it doesn't just affect china um but it affects the global economy here as well it's the world's sort of second largest economy um and those disruptions that it's got there at the moment are likely to spill over into obviously global inflation we just talked about how that's you know, you know, getting on in the UK, we've got eight point three percent in the in the US, which, you know, some said was the peak, but again with uh what's happening in China, is it maybe the peak? You know, and economists are sort of warning that this sort of economic collapse um could mean that a recovery is is a long way off. Um, but you know, there, there is a little bit of positivity and we'll get back onto that in a minute when you mentioned about obviously the um sort of the, the the take on china tech um but yeah, again in that sort of bad news sense the retail sales in china fell by 11.1 percent year over year in april um with the reading that came out on monday and this was the fastest drop since march 2020 so those lockdowns in the region are obviously having a huge effect on on uh, of course consumption um, demand supply et etc And obviously, as I say, it sort of underscored the impact of this sort of zero COVID-19 policy that China has put in place um, and that sort of approach that they've had to the the pandemic itself. Um, You know, in Shanghai, which is China's major financial hub, you know, everyone there remains sort of cooped up in their homes. Uh, That was after they placed the city into lockdown from March the 28th. but again, as we say, hopefully those restrictions are, are going to begin to ease and it will sort of change the region's fortunes around, hopefully, in, in the shorter term. Um, but as I say, w- what is happening in China is, is obviously then spilling over into the rest of the world. Um, the supply chain um, issues have, have, have only got worse um, in April. We saw an abrupt slowdown in exports and delayed deliveries uh, in the auto industry. Um, which is obviously impacting far beyond China's shores. And I actually just saw this morning that um, European vehicle sales uh, were down by 20% in, in, uh, in April. So, you know, it's it's having a huge effect, Um, you know, and there's a vessel tracker on Bloomberg. It's quite funny. You just see all the ships, where they're going and and what they're doing. Um, But it shows the container ships and where they're departing to, and, and the traffic is super, super light. Obviously, everything is just there. And we already know that Apple has sort of signaled uh, those lockdowns are likely to affect them as well, so we could see that sort of really spill over. Um, but hopefully, with those lockdown easing um, easing, it could obviously hopefully bring that supply chain back to a bit of normality again. But um, we could see the the, the effects of that uh, drag out for the rest of the year. Um, but as we say, we're talking about sort of Chinese tech as well, and we're starting to see an improved outlook for for Chinese tech. Uh, JP Morgan changed their view on many of the assets this week uh, that went from uninvestable to actually now, you know, upgrading some price targets on on a number of stocks. Uh, and then we had a Chinese top economic official. He came out and actually gave a, a pretty unusual public show of support for um, sort of tech companies, um, suggesting that obviously China may then be ready to sort of you know, let up after a pretty long clampdown on these sort of tech giants. Um, as it obviously does battle, uh, you know, what is a slowing economy and, and the global tech sell-off has has obviously then in that sense particularly hurt Chinese equities um, Because that their sort of tech sector is even uh, bigger than, than what it is in the US as well But as I said, there's a bit of positivity coming out the Hang Seng uh, tech index rallied as much as 6% on Tuesday given that optimism um, That sort of that meeting would affirm China's intention to sort of dial back some of those restrictions And when, you know, the economy was flying in China, you know, they were, you know, obviously well ahead of the world uh, for a period of time at the start of probably 2021, Um, they felt they could clamp down on big tech, um, which is obviously, when we think about it, one of the biggest growth drivers of the economy over the past decade. Tech has really driven the economy. Um, But now it's going to be looked at to help actually revitalize an economy struggling. So I think they're going to do a bit of 180 here, in my view. Um, You know, you can clamp down on it when your economy is absolutely flying. But when you need big tech to come through and and maybe help your economy, uh, you you might want to stop being as as harsh to it as as you have been. But I still think it's a region you'd want to be cautious on. Um, You know, it's, it's heavily out of favor, but valuations are now obviously much cheaper compared to the U.S., So I definitely think there'll be some contrarian opportunities coming through, especially when you look at Alibaba, Tencent, Baidu, um, those sorts of names, etc. There's definitely going to be some value in there. And also, given as well, much has already been priced in um, and the issues that we have seen or, you know, we believe that China could turn these sort of these issues around quite quickly as well so one of those where you're not going to write it off you want to be slightly cautious of you know dollar cost averaging approach um because it's a region that you, you're not going to completely write off but um you know unfortunately it, it may still come under a little bit of pressure and if they do s- start to see covid cases popping up who's to say they don't go back into to another lockdown which is what we've seen across the globe over the last couple of years
0: yeah i mean unfortunately i reckon there will be more lockdowns for China, but hopefully not. Hopefully they do do a 180. I found it funny there. you were saying JP Morgan were, were saying some of these stocks were uninvestable, which <laughs> imagine imagine you own these companies and it's like, you know, your company is uninvestable. Sorry about that. Um, I guess it's like being on, on that Channel 4 show. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it's been on for ages, The Undateables. Um, right. I don't imagine it's, it's the peak of your life if you're on that show, but if you're uninvestable, according to JP Morgan, you're probably not massively proud of that either um next up we, we've got retail so I was actually thinking at the beginning of the podcast I said it's coming up of course it came out yesterday uh, for those in the UK one thirty uh, the release usually when most US data comes out uh 8 30 uh, Eastern time um so let's talk about that it's, historically it's quite a, a volatile release as usually it's one one month it'll be higher the next month lower you get negative readings as well and of course it's backward looking looking at the, the prime months so of April of course uh, but did you find anything out out from from the data at all from from the retail sales? Anything interesting? Yeah, well,
1: like you say, in terms of that sort of you know volatility and just any of that economic data coming out of the US right now, um, I just think there's a huge focus on it, just given the stance um that we've got on obviously inflation that we're seeing from obviously the federal reserve pretty much all economic data is just being you know massively assessed by you know economists uh, analysts etc just to sort of try and get you know any uh, any insight as to sort of possibly where we might be sort of heading next um but obviously in this sense um the retail sales was was contrary of of of, of china's uh, u.s saw a rise in retail sales uh, with ultimately consumers um continuing to sort of pump money back into the economy um so yeah basically for those that maybe aren't sure the retail sales figure is a measure of spending at stores online in restaurants etc uh and it rose by 0.9 percent for april um what is important to sort of know and maybe that is quite interesting to know is that that actually retail sales aren't adjusted for inflation so that means while consumers have continued to spend more they're actually getting less Due to sort of rising prices, um, so again go back to a couple of um, go back to a year ago when those retail sales numbers were coming out, they were probably spending but getting more. So that's the difficulty, and that's where we might see it. But you are obviously now seeing a change in behaviour. What was really interesting from the report was that we started to see a bit of a shift with consumers now spending more on restaurants and entertainment and we're sort of seeing a reversal really of that sort of pandemic era and people now wanting to sort of get back out enjoy experiences um you know go to restaurants eat food out not stuck in their homes um, and and I don't think that's going to change in the short term. I mean, my outlook for this year is is to say yes to everything, which isn't great for for my bank balance. But also, I feel that our, sort
0: of are Arsenal a better team than Liverpool. <clears throat> you said you're going to say yes to everything.
1: When uh, I meant like social activities, because <laughs> if I said yes to that now, our be lying. whole yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, um. But you know, that's it. I think you know my view is that okay you know money's not the sort of be all and end all let's say yes to everything we've been stuck in for such a long time and you and
0: and people in australia more than more than most right
1: yeah correct and if you're just looking at that from sort of like a human perspective um and and just sort of taking away any of that sort of macro picture economic picture people just want to do things you know Mm -hmm. you never know Mm -hmm. when something like this could ultimately happen so let's just get out let's do it let's enjoy um you know and ultimately as well um it was here in australia and i imagine the same in the u.s was that people saved up a lot of money over yep. the pandemic yep. they you know had a lot more savings um you know and, and people had a lot more i've got a lot more cash to sort of be able to do that that obviously will start to dwindle with inflation being so high and probably the the pace of of spending um, but I think that's really important because consumer spending is by far the biggest contributor to the U.S. economy. Um, but as I say, that inf- inflation is obviously going to start to pinch the pocket a little bit. But for the time being, the spending is, is obviously really good for the economy and is obviously going to support that sort of GDP growth. And then we had earnings reports for some major retailers, Home Depot and Walmart. It was actually quite conflicting results, to be honest, and I think just sort of shows... Um, the 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 sort of um, tug of war that we're sort of in right now. You know, Home Depot reported first quarter sales were up by three point eight percent. It boosted its outlook and said that consumers are just spending more and more each trip. Whereas Walmart, their shares tanked about ten percent yesterday because they said supply chain issues, um, higher product and labor costs are just eating into profits, and that inflation created more pressure than the company expected. Um, so there's just a, there's a bit of a difference there, and it just depends um, on. on on, you know I guess which which side of it you fall on and and maybe how lucky you get you know with, with Home Depot they could have fallen foul to to what Walmart have, but maybe feet people felt that it was time to to do up their homes and and maybe not buy food so who knows
0: <laughs> priorities right yeah. um I saw some interesting statistics yesterday someone tweeted it just on savings and and stuff. And, and speaking of the u k um during the twenty 20- 20 and 2021 lockdown, Brits saved an average of £54 a week on leisure activities. Meanwhile, those who work from home saved for over £44 quid going to basically £99, let's call it £100 a week. So when you look at that, the wider population, Brits made or were making a staggering collective saving of £4.6 billion for each week of the lockdown. Given the duration of the lockdown from 2020 to 2021, that makes a running savings total of over 130 billion, which is pretty pretty mental. Just when you put those figures in perspective during during those lockdowns. Um, let's move on then. Final section today: market predictions for the rest of the year. I, 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 what are we in now? Middle of May. I say we give ourselves two opportunities. It's say end of August, and then end of october where you can we we can change you can stick or twist with them so i think there's there's nine questions or ten questions sorry and it'll be you know quick fire answers let's say 10 15 seconds each one um josh gilbert are you ready
1: yeah i'm ready let's get into it let's do it
0: cool i'll I'll answer as well but i'm gonna let you go first and all of them so i'm gonna hear your answers first (laughs) oh yeah you know how it goes um bitcoin ending year above or below
1: forty i i'm gonna say it doesn't end the year above it uh just on a personal take where we are right now just sort of in such a deep bear market but i think we at least i think we're going to at least try and test that level i think we're going to come close to it similar to sort we've already done sort of this year um yeah I, I, I just it's it's just tough to see it above that price at this stage but i think we get close to it i think we're going to at least touch that at some point this year
0: yeah, I, I'd I'd go with with below as well. I think we're we're in a market condition that doesn't necessarily suit riskier assets. You know, doubling well, you know, more than we're sort of getting to that point where, you know, you you got to see big returns from where we are now. I think we can go higher, but end of the year above forty five k, don't see it just yet. But ask for some three months might be a different story. Uh, end of year federal funds rate target or just the funds rate
1: yeah i think if i'm going to be dovish i'm going to say around 2.75 percent hawkish maybe three percent yeah um it just depends on again this economic data that we sort of have you know come through Uh, i think the retail sales number was positive especially as we go into to maybe next month's inflation number but let's say 50 basis points for the next two three meetings then if inflation is cooling, then we might get a, a slightly more dovish stance after that so
0: yeah yeah, I, I think, you know, when I was was thinking about this, when I was writing the question, I was thinking in my head, it's going to be just over 3%, mm-hmm. I think. But l- listen, you're right about the inflation reading next week. Have we seen the peak? Imagine we haven't. That'd be a game changer. That no, really mm-hmm. would. Um, next one, oil price higher or lower than where it is now. And on my chart, I've got it just around sort of 111 which is actually the highest it's been for for quite some time really um on a weekly candle anyway so yeah higher or, or lower end of year than where it is right now
1: yeah uh for me i'm going to say oil's lower by the end of the year i just think that sort of the by the end of the year I, I just think a few um sort of issues that we had with sort of oil should work themselves out i think opec will will have to you know, stepped in by the end of the year, in in my view, um, you know, and with something like commodities, uh, I heard this from. Um someone here in here in australia at a conference not too long ago uh, commodities are an asset you want to date and not marry and <laughs> i think that goes for oil right short term we'd like to still see prices elevated energy continues to rise but i just don't think they're going to stay at this high for that long right if oil continues to set that price we're going to see higher and higher inflation numbers coming through so i think you know if, if we're not going to end up in a deep recession it's got to be lower
0: yeah i'm going to be boring and 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 say lower as well uh, no. i'm not ruling out a new high for the year but i think by the end of the year i think oil price will be lower than where it is right now this is an interesting one number four euro usd will it get to parity by the end of the year it doesn't have to be at parity end of year but does it before we get to the 31st of december do we see parity euro usd
1: Oh, this, you might you might pick me on this one. This is your expertise more than mine. But the, the dollar has been on the storm this year, isn't it? Um, and I think it's difficult to see the dollar weakening, um, you know, given it's likely to sort of play an important safe haven over the next sort of few months, and especially with sort of that cash rate uh, going up in, in the US. I think more and more people are going to turn back to the dollar. Um, and then obviously we look at Europe, that inflation number, obviously, I'm saying, obviously, in the in the uk but just across the eurozone um that trade shock in europe as well and then obviously just the negativity to that whole eurozone itself yeah i think i think you see parity um i think you could see it i think maybe maybe on a longer scale maybe 12 months so it, to answer your question maybe maybe not by the end of the year um but maybe on a 12 months uh, outlook possibly so, yes
0: so you're saying no
1: i'm gonna say no yeah
0: okay i'm i'm I, I I agree with everything. I'm gonna go though. I'm gonna go yes. I'm gonna go yes. Even though every time people start talking about parity, it then rallies massively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that be 2014, 2020, whatever it might be. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. But yeah, it, it could obviously be a little bit after that. Be interesting to see how that develops. Anyway, uh, FTSE to finish positive or negative um, on on the year at the moment you know, it depends which day you look at, but it's just sort of flirting around the sort of the flat level. One week it will finish up for the year. The next it will finish down, but yeah, footsie end of the year, higher or lower.
1: That's a good one. Before I answer it though, how much is a, How much is a pint in the UK right now?
0: Depends where you go, but I, I actually asked this question to someone yesterday. Um, Cause I, I don't necessarily drink pints anymore. Um, okay. uh, but it, I, I think you're looking at about sort of high five pounds, six pound ish.
1: <sighs> okay. Well, yeah, it's just the reading of inflation, isn't it? Something yeah, a pint it is that gives you everything. Um, well, it's one of the only global markets, as you say, to sort of just be in the green this year, and, and that's that's very good given the given the outlook. Can it hold on? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna be bearish. If you'd have probably asked me before that that, that inflation reading, I probably would have said yes. But I think the UK is super sensitive to sort of these recession fears right now, so I'm gonna say no it it ends in the in the red for the year
0: yeah I'm I'm going to take the other side I'm going to say the pound weakness because of all those reasons is going to support it a little bit which is kind of counterintuitive because the Mm. FTSE shouldn't be higher but it is because of all the exporters I would say however it's it's for all the reasons we've just given you've seen it just battle around that that break-even level so it wouldn't surprise me if 31st of December, it's pretty much right on that line again. Um, I'm going to say yes, not with much confidence though. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk to buy Twitter, yes or no? I mean, who knows, right? With with the tweets that he comes out with recently, but do you think it happens?
1: Yeah, he's meant, is not he? Um, I'm just going to say, I don't think it goes through at this point. I just think there's just so much sort of water under the bridge at this point. I- I'm not sure he's going to be bothered about copping the billion dollar fine. <laughs> yeah, he won't. Um, Twitter aren't going to mind it because they're going to keep a billion dollars, which should going to be lovely for them. Um, and. You know, Tesla's share price will just jump enough for him not to worry because if he says I'm back if he tweets right now saying the deal's done, Tesla's share price is gonna go up at least five percent. At least, if not seven percent. So he's gonna make the money back straight away. So I just think there's just not there. But I also just think, how's he got to this point and <laughs> not knowing that there's this many spam spam accounts? Your account is literally the most spam account on Twitter with everybody yeah. commenting yeah. below you. So no, I just think yeah, I just think maybe there's too much much water under the bridge, unless, obviously, um, Twitter give him, gives him what he wants, which I don't think they will do, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, but I have absolutely no idea what's going on in his head. Um, so, goodness knows. I'm sure he's got some sort of plan, isn't he? You know, he's mm. an incredibly smart person. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say no. Elon, if you're listening, confirm or deny. Um, will any of Apple, Microsoft, Google, or Amazon finish the year positive? I mean, some of those are down 20%. Amazon, I think is down 30-odd percent. Uh, will any of them finish positive
1: this year? If we want to see a positive S&P 500, or at <laughs> least a break even, we're going to certainly need these, these to sort of come through. Look, I'm going to be really positive here, and I'm going to say Apple, Microsoft, and Google, they're going to finish breakeven, or at least very close to it. Um, you know, maybe a couple of percent down slightly positive in between that sort of range bound area. I think Amazon will still struggle for the year just because again, we've got that huge consumer spending back in mm. retail stores. So I think they're going to struggle for the year. Um, but again, that, that will long-term opportunities there are going to be fantastic. But yeah, I, I'm going to I'm going to want to say Apple, Microsoft and Google are going to going to want to to pull us through in the last six months of the year to sort of try and wipe off this minus 14% that we've had from the S&P 500 year today.
0: Yeah, Apple down fifteen point nine, Microsoft down twenty, Google down nineteen, Amazon down thirty as of now. I think Apple can do it. I think Google can do it, Microsoft, but I'm with you on Amazon. I don't think it does. Um yeah, I'll go Amazon and Google. Uh Microsoft I think will be very close. Um recession in the US. Yeah,
1: no recession for me. Um I think we I think I think it's avoided in the US. Uh, the risks are there but i think it's avoidable and i guess maybe sometimes that, that that rides on a number of sort of factors that can completely change you know you've got to think about obviously lockdowns in china that can play a huge part on that um you know there's there's so much to come but i, I just think I, I think it's avoidable at this point i don't you know the fed are, are walking a very fine tightrope and i think so far they've they've done a pretty good job i think you can't say that that they, they haven't um they've done a much better job than the bank of england anyway so um so i think i think it's avoidable and i think for, for the time being it's a no for me
0: yeah i'm gonna go and no, which actually might mean the market finds a little bit of support at the back end of the year uh because obviously we've got to unwind those recession fears which i think at the moment are a bit over the top but yeah i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say no and of course that would be too what would that be two negative GDP quarters in a row? Um, so yeah, I don't think we will see that. Um, number nine: Do we see? And I guess this kind of links into everything we've been talking about. Do we see another all-time high for the S and P, Nasdaq, or Dow Jones? Any of those?
1: No, not this year. No, I don't think so. Um, that brave. You'd have to be Kathy Wood to say yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll. I think we'll have to reevaluate that question back in in 2023, which seems a long way off. Mine, but uh but yeah, it's a no for me.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's a no for me. It's a no for me. I think we could no. we can start pushing higher into the back end of the year, but I think midterms might be a bit of a block there. It feels a bit like 2018 this year where we did we started the year poorly we then recovered midterms happened and then we we sort of sold off into the back end of the year and then fed came and saved everyone and the market rallied for the next sort of couple into into the pandemic so i think it could be similar to that um history doesn't always repeat itself but it often rhymes uh what stocks outperform in the second half of the year or are the standout
1: yeah Tough 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 question um, you could maybe look to an obvious one such as like Netflix sort of turning things around maybe zoom <laughs> one of those sorts of names that maybe makes an acquisition gets acquired or something like that um, I think could could outperform but I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say Disney um, I, I sort of scoured through the earnings report the other day and I th- still think they've got a lot to give I think they're in a great position to benefit from this reopening but their streaming powers are just insane. Um you know they're overall if we include Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN, they're really closing in on Netflix. Um and I think they're in a great position there to dominate on both. So the Disney I think would be one to watch for me. And then if I'm going to go a huge long shout maybe we see a better performance from Arc in oh. Oh, Kathy Wood. Maybe. I'm not sure again it's, it's come it's, out
0: clutch in in 2022. Yeah.
1: I just I just feel that, you know, there's gotta be there's gotta be a bit of a bottom here somewhere. Um, you know, and I feel like she could pull out a bit of a, a bit of a better performance in the second second half of the year. So we'll see. She'd so like to you? hope
0: so. I I'm I'd like I like the Disney show. Uh and I hope I hope that's right as well from a, a personal <laughs> point of view, selfish point of view. I'm I'm gonna go airlines. I think airlines could could finally have their day. Oh, it's been a tricky more than tricky couple of years, isn't it for them? Um, I know that actually some of the American Airlines had a pretty good day yesterday. I think there's some some good forward guidance for United Airlines or one of them anyway, and they all sort of jumped on that. So I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go airline. I think that sort of sector. I think it, it should should be okay. But then you know you flip that around and say, well, how on earth is that going to be possible when the cost of living and da 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 da. But I think airlines from such a low base could take off pun intended hey. everyone's
1: saying yes to everything though you know yeah everyone's saying yes to, to a holiday so
0: yeah i mean i was just looking at, at uh your netflix shouts that's down 68 percent but that that means people might well see value there and likewise with with facebook which is down you know 40 percent this year a lot last year as well you've got some big big names here that are really sort of struggling 27 28 for tesla down on the year yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go airlines. I'll go airlines. Uh, look, we'll we'll wrap it there for for today. Um, obviously, I hope you have a, a safe safe flight. And and then maybe in a, in a couple of weeks or so, we can get the get the podcast done in uh, in Blighty in the UK.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll be. We might even be sat next to each other for the podcast that might be a bit different um but i tell you what if anyone has any glaringly opposite views to us we'd love to hear them so Uh please send them across and, and why you think that and we might have a chat about them on the podcast at some point soon but yeah i'd love to hear anybody else's views if they're completely different to what me and sam think on on those topics there let us know
0: yeah absolutely absolutely awesome guys well look thank you very much for, for tuning in obviously you can head to the etoro academy you've got podcast guys videos anything that your heart desires josh it's been a pleasure thank you very much
1: no thank you sam and hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week
0: take care everyone have a good one you've been listening to digest and invest from etoro for more information visit etoro.com